0: Hi and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. How's everybody doing? Okay? Everybody happy? Well, right, I'm going I'm to talk for about 25 minutes or so. We'll see how we get on. This morning, I, I want to talk about the World Cup. Who's happy about the World Cup? Who's not happy about the World Cup? I saw the wives put their hands in the air then. You see? <laughs> but, but it sucks because it's Father's Day, so you've got to put up with it. Sorry. We can, we can talk about other stuff another day. Okay, so uh, this morning, the title of my talk is Game Changers. Who wants to be a game changer? Who wants to be a game changer in this place today? I have to admit, I, I sold my iPad, so I'm reading my notes off my phone. I'm not, watch, I'm not looking on Facebook. I am actually reading my notes. Right, okay. So uh, who, who has been watching the World Cup so far? Show of hands. Who here has found that you actually like supporting a nation that you never even knew you liked? Like, you, you end up watching this football, and you get so engulfed in it, so ingrained in it, that you actually end up liking, like, Iceland. And you know... And, and you thought, actually, how, how have I, you know, do you know what I mean? And you end up supporting the underdog and you actually end up watching way more football than you've ever seen before because you just get so ingrained in it. You know, the World Cup's brilliant. You know, and I, I, like I said, I'm sorry if you don't like football this morning, but, you know, it's tough. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not super convinced England are going to do well, too well. I mean, we, we, we did win it once, but that was when it was all in black and white and we haven't won it since. So, um, you know, you never know. Let's hope. So I want to start off. Let's let's get get my first slide up. Does anyone know who this is? Gareth Southgate. And who is Gareth Southgate? He's the England manager. Huh? Is he? Yes, he is. I'm not lying. He is the England manager. You can go on Wikipedia after the sermon if you want. Um, So that's Gareth Southgate. And um, so Gareth Southgate leads the England team. He's the one that tells them, uh, who's playing? He's the one that picked the squad. The 23 players that went to Russia. If you didn't know, uh, the World Cup is in Russia this year. Um, hopefully, they all make it back okay. Um, let, let's put let's let's put up my, my next thing. It's a little video. Who remembers this moment? So this is a very tense moment. There's no sound because the only sound I could find on this was um, a German commentator, and you know, so he's stepping up. He's taking the penalty. And uh, he missed it. So for those, of you, for those of you who don't remember, this was in Euro 96. So uh, I was about three years old in 96 to make you all feel really old. Um, and uh, in, in, in 96, uh, Southgate, uh, who was about 24 at the time, steps up to take what was the decisive penalty in the semi-final against France. And uh, the whole world is watching this moment on TV. And he steps up to take this penalty. If he misses it, England are going home. If he, if he scores it, England are within, are within a chance of going into the final of the Euros, which they haven't done for some time. And so everybody's watching Southgate, and he hits what is a fairly poor penalty. And uh, the poor guy, he, he kind of lives with that regret for a while, and he becomes the butt of a Pizza Hut advert. And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole world is on his back, you know, because he misses that penalty that sends England home. And, you know, I just, I just it got me thinking this week that, actually, how can you go from somewhere of total regret to the place where you're actually leading the team. You know, it it got me thinking that actually the place where the Lord wants you to go is not influenced by what you've done before, but it's influenced on what he has on his heart for you. You know, actually, it doesn't matter what you've done before, because if the Lord wants you to be there, he'll put you there. It doesn't matter if you messed it up. It doesn't matter if you squandered the opportunity you had 15 years ago because if he's planned it for you, it's going to happen. you getting what I'm saying? So, it, so Gareth Southgate now, he's, he's the England manager. He missed that decisive penalty. And, and at the time, he had the whole nation looking at him and his failure. But you see, now he's in a position... 22 years later where he can influence that group of 23 sort of young guys they're all under about 30 they're all young guys they've never won a world cup before gareth southgate's never won a world cup he's never won a major tournament but what he has the opportunity to do as a leader in that place is to make sure that the generation below him exceeds what he was able to do you see, he never managed to do it, but he has the opportunity to now, he has the opportunity now to learn from his mistakes and his failures and make sure that the generation that he's in charge of have the opportunity to win. And you know, our job, church, is to take the things that we failed at, the things that we regret, and to turn them into a success for somebody else. Because you might not have been able to do it, but there is somebody below you who is looking up to you that is, has the very great opportunity of doing what you were not able to do. And, you know, sometimes we're selfish and we wallow in self-pity about the things we couldn't do. We just keep regretting it. We keep regretting it when actually the Lord is saying you release that and you turn that into an opportunity for somebody else. Because, you see, your regrets are somebody else's opportunity. You get what I'm saying today? Is anybody listening? You know, our job as, as fathers as father figures, as mothers, as mother figures, as leaders in our workplaces, in our schools, in our organisations, is to make sure that the people below us achieve more, to go further, to do exceedingly more than we were able to do. You see, because things always get better with God. That's what Pastor Helena says. You know, things always get better in God. And it's true, you know, my dad always says the most incredible thing for him is seeing me and Simmy go further than he could, to do things that he was never able to do. You know, because actually... When, we're, when, when, when I'm rising up, my dad's able to say, hey, why don't you do that? Why don't you do that a little bit differently? Because he's already been there and he knows. So Gareth Southgate, he's in that changing room with, you know, with 23 young guys and he's able to say, right, I think we should try it like this. We should do it like this. We should do it like this because he's already been there. He's already made the mistakes. He's already failed. He's already, you know, he's, he's got those regrets, but now he's saying, look, we can do more than I did before. That group of players that I was part of, that's in the past, but now we can achieve something even better. But you know, what What I want to say to you this morning is that like, like Southgate, we can't let our regrets become someone else's regrets because it works both ways. You see... When he did that, he could have wallowed in self-pity. He could have disappeared off the radar. You know, he could have been so, like fed up and so like, oh, I just can't do this anymore. I've messed up so bad. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't trust myself to lead anybody else. And I see Christians like that, that you've messed up so badly that you feel like you can't be trusted with anybody else, that you feel like you can't sow into anyone else because you're such a mess up. And I feel like I'm speaking to somebody this morning. There's people here who are like, I can't possibly lead anybody else because I can't even lead myself. I've messed up so bad. But I'm telling you that the grace of the Lord is sufficient for you that you can lead other people. If, you, if, you know, no, if, you, if you've confessed your sin and you've laid it at the cross of Jesus Christ, now you have an opportunity to move forward. But there's some people that are still stuck at the foot of the cross and they've never made it past it. You know, Jesus says, lay it to me and, and then move on. You know, it's, you know I, I, just, I just feel like today that there's people that, 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 that are still wallowing in their self-pity. And the Lord's saying, stop having a pity party and move on because there's people that need to learn from where you've been. Amen. You know, that there's, I, I've realized in life that there's always somebody that's looking up to you. You know, whether you're a father or not, whether you're a mother or not, that there is always somebody that's looking up to you. You know, there's people in your workplace, there's people in church, there's, there's, there's people in your community groups that are always looking up to you. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are, there's always somebody below you. You know, I'm not a father yet, but I know that there's, there's guys in this church, you know, that, like, like my brother and my, my family. There's people in my family that are looking up to me. You know, and that carries a weight of responsibility, church. You know, because whoever's looking up to you, that means they're looking at your good parts and your ugly parts. You know, so you need to make sure that you're in check. So when, when, when somebody's looking at you, you know, they're not just looking at your successes, they're looking at your failings too. You know, we need to check our hearts. We need to make sure that actually when people are looking at us, they're seeing the best bits and only the best bits because, you know, we're keeping ourselves in check. You know, for, for, for Gareth Southgate, you know, if, if, if England come out in the first game and they have an absolute disaster and he's, he's, he's fielded a really bad team and he's, his tactics were all wrong, you know, people are going to be looking at him he was the one that sent them out and he was the one that made those decisions so I just encourage you this morning keep your heart in check because there's people that are looking up to you but they're also looking at your bad parts and not just your good ones you know we really this is this is what I want to say this morning is that we really need to make sure that we're investing in the next generation you know it's very easy to make everything about us you know, we come to the altar and it's always about us. You know, we're crying out to the Lord and it's always about us. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the Lord says, come to him all who are weary and heavy burdened. And, you know, he, he, he wants us to come to him. But I feel this morning a weight of, of just, just, we need to be praying. We need to be sowing. We need to be uh, giving to the, the generation below us. Because actually, they're going to exceed you. They're going to go further than you have. And actually, when you're dead, they're, they're going to they're be the ones that are left on the earth. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's, it's fairly obvious, but it's true. You know, they're going to outlive you, most of them, so we need to make sure that actually we're sowing into them. Where is your legacy? Where is your uh, investment? So I, I, I said in the first service, you know, that... You know, one of the most incredible examples of this is is Pastor Doug. You know, and his legacy is not in this building. His legacy is not in the the money that's in the bank. His legacy is in the young men that are still in the church today that he's been investing into for the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You know, those guys that are still proclaiming Jesus, those guys that have made disciples from disciples, that is the legacy of Pastor Doug. You know, and I, I say this morning, how many of you have put your legacy in your home? You know, how many, how many people's legacy is their assets, is their money in the bank? I tell you, that is not your legacy, because actually the Bible says that moth and rust will destroy, but actually your legacy is in the people that you invest in. It's the time that you sow into other people. You know, that's what the Lord sees. He doesn't see your, your bank account balance. He doesn't care about that. He cares about the people that you're investing in. And I want some of us to have a change of perspective this morning, because it's not about you. It's not about me you know we have to look past ourselves we have to look past our current situation you know you know we're not we're not we're not training up our children to to protect them we we're, we're changing we we're, we're, we're training up our children to make them game changers you know sometimes we, we spend far too much time trying to keep the generation below us from making mistakes. So just, if we just keep them like this, we protect them, we keep them in a bubble. Actually, no, our job is not to protect them. Our job is to train them up so that they're game changers, that they're world changers, that they change the atmosphere of the world around them. Because actually, if we just protect them, when our generation is gone, you know, how are they going to do anything in the world if all we've done is wrap them in cotton wool? So this morning, I want, I want everyone to think, you know, who is your succession plan? You know, whether you've got children or not, who is, who is coming up underneath you? Who are you sowing into? Who are you investing time into? So there's a few obvious uh, biblical examples. I'm just going to touch on a couple really quickly. The first one uh, is Joshua, who uh, obviously has my name. Um, and he is uh, the succession plan of Moses. So we know in, in the story of Moses that his destiny was to uh, take the Israelites out of captivity and into the promised land. We know that they took a really long, silly route. And in the end, the Lord actually said to Moses, look, you're not going to be the one that takes them there. And Moses knew that he had to have a succession plan. He had to be sowing into somebody else. So that person uh, was Joshua. And uh, we reached this point where Moses is nearly dead, And he gets the whole of Israel and the whole of Israel. So thousands of people are there. And in front of the whole of Israel, he says this over the life of Joshua. He says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all of Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord has swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as in their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid.'" afraid. Do not be discouraged. And you know what? This is really key because actually this is the point in Moses's life where he realized he's gone as far as he can. You know, he's, he's reached his, his limit. You know, he's gone as far as he can. You know, I, I, I was thinking about this this week that Moses's destiny was to reach the promised land. You know, and, and, and actually Sarah pointed out to me that he kind of messed that up. You know, he went the wrong way. He, he took a really, you know, he, he did things that messed that up for him. And sometimes if you mess up, someone else is going to do your destiny for you. Someone's going to finish it. But anyway, so this is really important because he's, he's there in front of everybody and he's edifying Joshua. And you know what that does? That, that shows the people that they're leading that this is the new leader, that this is the guy that we're following now. He's building him up in front of everybody else to say, look, I trust this guy. I've sown into him. I've fed into him. And I know that he's the right person to lead you there. And he's doing it in front of everyone. And I, I think this is so important that we choose to edify and to build up the people below us because actually they're going to be leaders too one day. And we need to make sure that when we're stepped down or when we're onto the next thing, that there's someone there that's ready to rise up to take, the, to take them out. Mantle, you know, and and, and 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 Pastor Doug knew that because he was building up Julian and Sarah so that when you know it was his time to move on, that they were ready to step up. There wasn't this kind of oh 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 what, oh no, what's gonna happen? He had a succession plan. And I think this is really important. So um, you know, I, I think what this says to me is that it's not all about you. You know, Moses, even though he knew he'd met, he was kind of at the end of his days, he was humble enough to say, look. It's it's ready to move on. It's Joshua's time. Look, everybody, Joshua's here, and he's ready to take this mantle. And like I said, I think, you know, I think as as, as important as it is to sow into people kind of in that private place, I think there is room for public edification of people. And I, I said this morning that uh, I don't know how many. Put your hand in the put your hand in the air if you've been to Leadership Com before. If you've been to Leadership Com, okay. So probably about 40, 50 people in here. And actually, what we do at Leadership Com is we celebrate what other leaders in the church are doing. You know, we get them and we say, wow, that's amazing, like you've done an amazing job. We look at the success stories in the church, the people that have taken an idea, that they've started it and they're running with it. And, and, and what we see as a leadership in the church is that it's really important to celebrate the leaders publicly and build them up and give them encouragement because then it, it, gives, it, gives, it gives the glory to God because people can see what the Lord is doing, but it, it strengthens them, it encourages them because it shows that you have faith in them if you're prepared to say it publicly. You know? So I think that's really important. So who is coming up behind you? Who's following in your footsteps? Who's looking up to you? The other example of of the biblical succession plan, one of the other examples is with Elijah and Elisha. I spoke on this a little bit last year about how um, when it was Elijah's turn, you know, he knew his time was up. He knew he was going to go and be with the Lord. Um, and, you know, when he, he, he went over this river with Elisha and Elijah ascended into heaven, but he dropped his cloak. And you know what? The cloak represented uh, the authority that Elijah carried that the Lord had given him. And when he dropped it, it was Elisha's turn to pick that cloak up and to carry the anointing that, that God had. And when Elisha went back over the river, people knew that he was carrying the, Elijah's mantle. You know, and, and I, I think you know, it's really important that Elijah knew that he needed to have a succession plan. He knew that his time on earth was, was, was limited, that it was a certain amount of time, and he had to make sure that there was someone coming up behind him that was ready to take that mantle on. You know, and, and, and what's really interesting about this story, we know that Elisha did double the miracles that Elijah did. You know, because when you train up someone well, they will exceed what you were able to do. They will exceed it. You know, the Bible says that we go from glory to glory. As I said earlier, that, that things always get better in God. You know, when you train someone up well, they'll surpass you. But the key was is that wherever Elijah went, Elisha went too. You know, that he was, he was watching, he was feeding. And as the disciples followed Jesus around, they were following in his footsteps. They were taking on the, 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 all the things that Jesus was saying to them. And, you know, Jesus says greater things than these you'll see. Greater than what I've done, you'll do. But it's because he spent that time, he invested in them and he sowed into them. What's your legacy? What's your legacy? You know, when, 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 you, when you leave this earth, you know, who's going to remember you? What are they remembering you by? Are they, are they remembering you by the house that you lived in, by the car you drived? Or are they remembering you by the souls that you sowed into, the lives that you changed? You know, and this is, this is what my heart's been this week, is for the fatherless generation that's growing up in this nation, church that there are people that are growing up without, without fathers, there are people that are growing up without mothers, and, you know, I, I really respect people that are single parents, because you do an amazing job. You know, I, I really just think that's incredible, because it's, you know, it, it, it must be so tough, you know, because, you know, you know, having, you know, children are hard work, I know this, like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a parent yet, and I'm sure I don't understand half of what it's like, but I just know that it's hard to raise children. And to do that alone must be, you know, it's an incredible, it's a gift thing. I really believe that. Um, but, you know, there is a generation in this nation that is rising up without a hope because they, 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 only, they have one parent, they have no fathers, and there's, there's, there's a real, uh, you know, I feel there's like a gap where men just need to step up, that they really just need to see that there's a hole in this generation. There's a, there's a, there's a lack of hope you know, and you see it everywhere. You know, you go you go, to, you go into town on a Friday night and you just see so many empty souls. You know, people that are just, you know, they're, they're doing cocaine. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. They're, do, they're, they're, they're drinking their, their minds away. They're, 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 just, they're just shacking up with whoever because they have no hope. And they're trying to fill that gap. They're trying to fill that void with something. You know, and, and we as the church need to rise up and be like, why is that? You know, and I just want to share a few facts with you this morning. So, I don't know if you know, um, there's an MP called Ian Duncan Smith, and I don't, I don't think he's a Christian, but he compiled this little report a few years ago about, about this issue. And he said that, you know, he basically says that the breakdown in marriage has led to a fractured society. You know, addiction, crime and lost pro- productivity cost Britain 100 billion pounds a year. You know, that, that, that's an astonishing amount of money. But, but you know, actually, he, he goes on to say that it's, it's, it's factually correct that seven out of ten offenders in this country come from broken homes, that single-parent families are twice as likely to live in poverty than any other, and um, that it kind of leads on to say that suicide is the biggest killer of men under 50 in the UK. And that, that, that to me, is astonishing. But I... I was reading all this and it broke my heart and I I had to think that where is the church in all of this? Where is the church in all of this? You know, Psalm 68 says that he is the father to the fatherless. You know, that he is the defender of the widow's Is God in his holy dwelling? That God is the one that stands up for the oppressed. He's the one that's there for the small person, for the forgotten person. He's the one that's standing up. He's standing up for the rights of those who are forgotten about. You know, he's the father to the fatherless. And I don't care this morning if you're a father or not, I don't care if you're a mother or not, but you can be a father. You can be a mother to those people that are broken, those people who are growing up without a father, those who have grown up without a father figure. That is your job. You have that opportunity to rise up this morning, to stand in the gap for those people. You know, we, we, we need to be more like the Lord. We need to be like Jesus. We need to be that father to the fatherless. We need to be the mother to the motherless in this place this morning. You know, people are looking up to you. They're looking for you to make the difference. They're looking for you to stand up and be counted in this. I really believe, you know, let's... let's you know if this is you and you're struggling this morning let's not suffer in silence. you know let, let us know because actually the church wants to be there for you. you know we need to be there church you know what if what if we were the solution to that problem, even in Dunstable? What if we were the solution to that problem you know i I, I spoke to um i've got a friend who runs a dance a dance college in town, and he said nearly all of the girls that come to his um, dance school. There's about 16 girls, and nearly all of them are from single parent families. Nearly all of them, they've got parents who are alcoholics. Who, you know, half of them have been pregnant before. You know, it's it's like it's so sad. And I, I'm just thinking, like, what what if we're the solution to that? Like I said, we're not we're not raising our children to survive the world. We're raising our children to change the world. I wanted to give a little example because, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I believe that this is for everybody. This is not just a message for the fathers in the house. This is a message for everyone because actually we can all be father figures. We can all be mother figures. You know, so I I was sharing this morning about how when I was 17, I left my house. I left my mum, I left my dad and I went to work in Oxford um, and... Uh, somebody gave gave me an opportunity. They took a chance on me to become uh, like an apprentice and to to learn. I, I make videos for a living, so they, they gave me an apprenticeship. And you know, I was so young. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was you know I, I left college early. I dropped out of college to go and do it. And this guy really gave, took a chance on me to go and do this job. And you know, earlier in this year, I was chatting to Sarah and I said, look, I really feel like I need to be investing in somebody else because. You know, when I was 16, 17, somebody took that opportunity with me and I feel like, you know, in my, in my work, I need to be sowing into someone else. And I kind of was thinking about it, praying about it, and then someone uh, came to my attention uh, a, few, a few months ago. And now I've, I've employed him now and he works for me a day a week. And I just feel like, you know, our, our, our generational planning, our sowing, our legacy is not limited to the walls of the church, you know who are you looking to sow into outside of these walls who who are you meeting up with in the coffee shops who's not saved yet you know who who are you who are you stewarding who are you encouraging in your workplace you know who are you building up you know who 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 are you investing into? Because I I just feel like this is not something that's just about the walls of the church, you know. Because actually, the church is a relatively safe place. Like Julian said earlier, like you know, this place is a safer place because of the men and the women that are strong believers in this house. You know, I really believe that. But this is for me. This is this is this is not just about the church, but this is about what's outside of these four walls, you know. And I I I one of the uh, OIU students asked me this a few weeks ago. They said, "What's the biggest bit of advice?" you can give me before we get on this plane. And I said, you need to make sure that you have as many non-Christian friends as Christian ones. Because otherwise, you know, what's the point? You know, if, if all you've got is Christian friends, then who are you sowing into? You know, who, who are you going to see saved if all your friends are already saved? You know, it just defeats the point, Right. So I just want to encourage you this morning, find, find some people that don't know Jesus yet. Find some people that don't have any hope. Because this lad that I've started uh, working with, he, he doesn't have a hope. He had no job. He came out of university with, you know, with nothing. He had no job. He had a huge debt. And actually, I thought, you know what, this, this guy needs a chance. You know, and there's so many people like him. There's people that are going to cross your path every single week who just need that little bit of hope, that need a little bit of help. And I just, just want you to think, you know, what can you, what can you do? You know who do you know? Maybe it's your next door neighbour. Maybe, maybe it's one of your children's friends. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's someone at work. I don't know, but there's there's going to be someone, and I guarantee each of you is going to cross that path this week. There's going to be someone that needs some sewing into, and and I just. I just feel like there's there's people here, but like, oh Josh, I've been doing that for years. I've been doing that, I've been doing that for years. I've got, you know, I've got unsaved spouses, I've got unsaved children, I've got unsaved brothers and sisters, and, and there's nothing that's happened. And I, I want to tell you this morning, I just felt the Lord say to me this week that unsaved hearts are often the most fertile ground. And you know why there is? Is because people that aren't saved yet, people that don't believe in Jesus, will search for anything to fill the void that's inside their heart. You know, they'll they'll search for anything, they'll take Anything you know? You talk to them about Buddhism for long enough, they'll accept that. They'll get it. You know, you you, you talk to them about um, in a li- lot uh, about uh, you know meditation. They'll accept that. If you you know if if they if they if, if they're trying to find something, they'll they'll go to drugs. They'll go to alcohol. Like the people in the clubs on Friday night. You know, they'll 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 they'll, they'll look for sex. They don't care because they just want to fill that void with something. And I want to tell you this morning that you have a responsibility to make sure that that void is filled by Jesus Christ before anything else. You know if. If if you've got someone that's in your path and they turn to drugs before they turn to Jesus, then you need to keep praying for their soul and keep sowing those seeds because actually their ground is fertile and you need to make sure that the seeds are being sown. You know, and, and, and some of you have been sowing seeds for years and years and years. And I tell you, you're not sowing in vain because your unsaved spouse is going to be saved in Jesus' name. I really believe it, that your, your sons and your daughters are going to return to Jesus in, in his name. And I really believe it because all it takes is the water of the Holy Spirit to flood over their hearts and those seeds are going to sprout. I really believe it, that this has been a season where you've been investing heavily, but actually that the, 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 the payout is coming. I really believe it. You know, this is this is this is this is kind of my my last point, and this is possibly the most contentious one. I don't know. But sometimes, you know, Gareth Southgate. I'm going to go back to him because you know why not? Um, And he sometimes has to make decisions for the team that you know the players themselves don't particularly like. You know, if you're if you're playing on that team, say you're a sort of a young 18-year-old whiz kid, and you've come into the England team, and you think you're like the you think you're God's gift to football and uh, you, you start the game, and you think you're playing great, but Gareth kind of waves over, and he's like, right, 70 minutes in, your time's up. And you're like, oh, man, but I could have really made a difference. Um, and, and you get taken off, and someone else comes on, and you sit on the bench, and you sulk. And I don't know how many of you have done sports when you were younger, but I, you know, I, I'm, I was like this. I was like, you know, why, why are you taking me off? Like, you know, and I, I, know, I know Elliot probably sympathises with this, you know, and you just don't know what... But actually... Gareth Southgate is 25 years older than you. He's been through more football than you've ever been through. And he sees the bigger picture. You know, and I think that actually as as Christians, we need to be prepared to stand up and correct people where they need it. You know, I think sometimes now we're too afraid to correct people because of political correctness. We're too afraid to uh, correct people because of what people might think, because of what the media tells us we need to believe, you know, because of what, you know, the, the, the world tells us we need to believe. But actually, we need to stand up and correct people when it's needed, because actually we've been through more, we've seen more, and, uh, you know, we, we've lived more. And I just really feel this morning that, you know, we need to be able to stand up and offer that correction where it's needed, and actually... If you, you know, whoever you look up to, you need to be prepared to accept correction from them. So I know that, you know, if, if, if I'm one day, you know, my dad comes to me and he says, look, you really just need to look at that. You know, maybe you just need to take a step back and just analyse what you did there. Or think about that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be humble enough to accept that without getting offended. Because it's very easy to get offended. Am I right? Amen? Who here gets offended when someone tells them they've done something wrong? You know, I, I, I do that sometimes, but I want to encourage you this morning just to, just to position your heart so that if that person that you look up to, and I believe that everyone in here will have someone that they look up to, that there's a spiritual leader, that there's a father figure, that there's somebody that they look up to, that when that person comes to you and says, look maybe you could try this a little bit differently. We're not going to fly off the handle. We're not going to get offended, but we're going to say, actually, yeah, I can see that you've been further than I have. That like, like Gareth Southgate, that he's been there, like he's been to the World Cup before, and he knows, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work, and we're going to accept that. And I, th- I think that, you know, so there's two parts to that, that one, we need to accept it, and one, we need to be prepared to offer it. And that, you know, that's just about self-growth. And, and ultimately, you see, you know, Gareth is not giving that critique. He's not taking people off the pitch just to be annoying. He's doing it because he wants them to win. And this comes back to how I started, that actually our goal as Christians needs to be that we want to see the people below us win. We want to see them get the victory over the things that we were unable to. We want to see them succeed in areas that we were not able to. Is anybody hearing this message this morning? You know, I really believe that there are people that are growing up that unless you take the time to sow into them, they're not going to do it you know, the Lord The Lord knows he can do it on his own, but he wants to use you. He wants to use you as a vessel. There are men in this place that need to stand up and be counted this morning, because I really believe that the Lord is challenging you. You know, where is your succession plan? Where are the people that you're sowing into? Who do you want to win? You need to look past yourself this morning. I need to check myself. I need to look past myself. Who am I sowing into? You know, I really believe it. And And, you know, our, our, we're not just, we don't just want them to win, but actually when, when, when England go to the World Cup, Gareth Southgate does not just want the England players to win, he wants them to win for the good of the nation, he wants them to win for the good of the kingdom, because actually every time that other person wins, it's a win for the kingdom, you know, and every time a soul gets saved, the angels in heaven rejoice, because it's not just a win for you, it's not just a win for your friend, but it's a win for the kingdom of God, you know, and, and we want to we come back from Russia carrying the World Cup, and you know, the Lord is saying this morning that I want to see this nation changed, you know, and, it, and you're going to be the one that starts that change. You know, the people in this house have got to rise up because the Lord is doing something. You know, whether you're a father or a mother physically or not, we have a choice. And I, I want to just, this is my final, I want to lay this out this morning, that we have a choice that is a choice. You, have, you had a choice to come here this morning. You have a choice to lift up your voice in worship, but you have a choice to champion those around us. You have a choice to invest in those in the generation below you. And, and, and what we can do, church, I felt like this is what the Lord's saying, that we can either create a generation of game changers or we can, we can, we can stick with a generation of fatherlessness. But I, I want to say this morning, let, let's be those who, who turn that generation of uh, fatherlessness into a generation of game changers. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand and we're going to pray right now. The band want to come and just just start to play. Lord Jesus, we just ask you right now that we would analyze our hearts, that we would look at our own position, that we would look at those who are who are rising up around us, the people that look up to us right now, Lord. I pray that you would bring those people to mind right now, that we would see them in our minds. And Lord Jesus, however old we are, Lord, we acknowledge that there are people that are looking up to us, that there is a generation rising up below us. And Lord God, I pray that we would be the ones that would impact them, that we would we would help them to learn from our regrets, that we would turn those regrets into their successes in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that we would take the time to give those people the time that they need to succeed. Lord, I pray that we would realise that our value is, is, is in investment, Lord, and it's not investment in assets, it's not investment in houses or in money or in cars, but it's an investment in people. Lord God I pray that you would use us to put your treasure into other people's hearts Lord I pray that we would take time to call out the gold in others that we would take time to edify them and Lord God I pray that we would be prepared to raise up a generation below us that is not fatherlessness that is not full of fatherlessness that is full of Jesus Christ our oh Lord God we speak to the dry bones to come alive Lord God those people around us who are suffering in silence Lord God those people who are suffering in drugs and alcoholism Lord God those people who are struggling Lord in debt Lord we speak to the name of Jesus over those situations in Jesus' name. I pray that we would not be prepared to not sow the seed, Lord, but we'd be prepared to do that, that we would go boldly into our workplaces and into our into our families, Lord God, into the coffee shops and into the businesses in Jesus' name, that we would be prepared to find a legacy, that we would see past our own situation. Lord God, I pray that you would bring to mind people right now that you want us to sow into. Lord God, I pray in our businesses that we would be raising up new people. We'd be raising up young believers in Jesus Christ. Lord God, I thank you that there is a change happening in this place right now, that you're just restoring broken people, Lord God. I just, I just believe it. Lord God, I pray for the men in this house to stand up and be counted. Lord God, for those people without fathers that we would stand in that gap, that we would fill the void for those. And Lord God, I pray that we would see past the four walls of the church and look to this community, Lord, that we would be the ones that make game changers in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.